Migraine Canada presents Migraine Talks with Dr. Elizabeth Leroux. A podcast to learn, share, and live better. Please remember, the content of this podcast does not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Discuss all decisions regarding your care and treatment options with your healthcare provider. This is Dr. Elizabeth Leroux, neurologist in Montreal, and your host for today's podcast about the basics of treating a migraine attack. If you have severe migraine attacks and you have already tried things without success, please listen to our podcast on advanced options. Let's start by listening to Catherine, who has been struggling with migraine attacks since her childhood. I started having migraines quite young. I had them often as a teenager. At the time, I could just sleep them off. Now that I'm in my 30s with two kids, I can't do that anymore. My attacks are also longer. I push through. What else can I do? At work, I can't focus. Sometimes I just stay there, but I can't do much. And then I have to catch up. My doctor gave me anti-inflammatories. They take the edge off. I also tried a triptan two years ago. I wait until the pain is really strong before using it because it makes me tired. I wonder what the next step is. Can you relate to that story? Have you ever gone through difficult attacks and wondering what you could take to make them stop? So in this podcast, we will talk about what happens inside the brain during an attack. The goal of acute therapy obviously is to get better, but in a bit more detail. What you can take, when to take it, the possibility of combinations, and also a few words about caffeine and opioids. We will not discuss in this podcast about natural options like essential oils, cold, warmth, massage, acupressure. All of these approaches can bring relief, but we will focus today on medications. Before we start talking about our options, it might be a good idea to remind a little bit what the cause of the migraine attack is and what happens during an attack, because it will influence how we see the treatments we're using. A migraine attack is like an electrical and chemical storm inside the brain. And one part of the migraine pathophysiology, we call it, is inflammation. Inflammation is something that happens normally in our bodies, and it's usually a response to uh, infection or damage. It does involve, usually, um, a lot of blood going to the affected zone to promote healing. And so the signs of inflammation are usually redness, swelling, heat, and pain. In a migraine attack, you'll ask me, what is inflamed? Well, we know now that the migraine is involving the meninges and arteries. So they are inside the skull, around the brain. And this is where we believe the majority of the migraine pain comes from. So it makes sense that anti-inflammatories are actually used to treat migraine. But inflammation is not all of it. There are other things happening inside the brain during a migraine attack. Serotonin changes some brain zones are affected and part of these events actually can explain the other symptoms such as light and sound hypersensitivity nausea and vomiting dizziness brain fog so many different brain centers are affected by the migraine attacks 
There are also a lot of different types of attacks. And maybe even yourself, you have different types. The first symptom of the attack is important because that's when we actually need to start treating. But it varies. So some people will say that their attacks start very quickly, bang, abruptly. Others will describe that they just build up slowly, slowly, and it's not always clear when it's a little headache and when it becomes to be a real full-blown migraine. Some people have auras. Some people have prodromes, and all of which you can see more about on our website. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to start a migraine attack, and also they vary in severity and duration. The goal of treatment is to get better, obviously. So, you know, you just want the pain and the symptoms to stop and so you can be well again. But we can be a bit more ambitious than that. When I deal with my patients in my office, what I want for them is to be able to go back to function and to resume their activities, whatever they wanted to do on that day. And that should happen in an ideal world with what we call a success within one or two hours after taking the medication. I have some patients who come back to me and say, oh yeah, I took whatever and, and I think it helps. And I say, okay, what happens? Can you go back to your activities? I say, no, um, I take the pill and then I take some water and then I have to lie down for many hours. So that's not a full response. For some people, that's still better than being super sick with a lot of pain and vomiting. But ideally, we want something that helps us going back to our activities, maybe with a little pain or a little headache, uh, ideally no side effects. And of course, the treatment has to be as convenient to use as possible. And luckily for us, there are many options. Now that we have um, uh, reviewed what is the migraine attack, let's talk about our options to treat it. There are six classes of medications that can be used for migraine. Acetaminophen, caffeine, anti-inflammatories, tryptans, anti-nausea drugs, and opioids. I'll say a few words about each of these families or classes. And let's just start by reminding that for every medication, there is a generic name, that is the name of the molecule itself, and a brand name that can be used for marketing. As we have more and more generic drugs these days, you might actually see a lot more of the generic names instead of brand names. So Tylenol, Tylenol, acetaminophen, easy peasy, everybody can take it, it's over the counter. Sadly, Tylenol is very rarely enough to break a migraine attack and it, it's not powerful enough. It may work for some mild attacks, but usually it's not that helpful. Caffeine is actually well proven as a migraine treatment and it can work. But the problem is a lot of us are drinking caffeine on a daily basis and sometimes in large amounts. And I, I do encourage you to have a look at our, our page in the migraine tree about caffeine and to have uh, maybe to have a little look at how uh, many milligrams of caffeine there are in a Starbucks cup, for example. So if your brain is already very used to caffeine, that's a risk factor to get more migraines. And that's why caffeine is a blessing and a curse. But if you are not using it on a very regular basis, it can definitely be used as an adjunct. So kind of a, a part of your treatment of your migraine combo. 
NSAIDs and anti-inflammatories are one of the go-to classes and a lot of them are actually over-counter. So let's name a few. There's aspirin, naproxen, which is in Aleve or Anaprox, the clofenac, uh, which is Voltaren or Cambia, endomethacin. So there are many types of anti-inflammatories. And how they work is they stop the inflammation process, which is part of the migraine attack. The thing is that uh, anti-inflammatories also have side effects. You know, they can cause stomach pain, they can raise blood pressure, and they do not always work. Sometimes they're not sufficient to treat uh, stronger migraine attacks, but they are definitely part of our treatment approach. Now I want to say a few words about triptans. Triptans are quite interesting. So they actually act on serotonin. They are not pain medications. So if you take a triptan for knee pain or back pain, it's not going to do anything. So triptans arrived on the market at the end of the 80s and the 90s even. During that time, I was in high school listening to Pink Floyd and Alanis Morissette. Um, but I heard from my colleagues with more experience uh, what they saw when sumatriptan, the grandpa of all triptans, arrived. It was the first time, the first time that some people with severe migraine attacks could be treated with this injection because the first, um, the first sumatriptan uh, that came to market was an injectable form, which still exists to this day. And so people who are used to suffer for for days and, and hours and days at a time, suddenly they could inject themselves and get much better. When I did my fellowship in Paris, I used to work in an emergency center for headache. So I saw a lot of people in full-blown migraine attacks. And I could witness this myself, injecting these people uh, with sumatriptan. And some of them, not all of them, did get better, surprisingly. So triptans really changed our way of perceiving migraine. Because in the 70s and 80s, migraine was still very much seen as a psychologic disorder or a psychosomatic disorder. And the attack was seen as kind of an emotional release. But because triptans were so powerful and could help, suddenly people started seeing migraine more as a neurological disease. So it changed the way we, the society was seeing migraine and probably for the better. So triptans are all with prescription. You cannot buy them over the counter. And there are seven cousins in this family, or like the seven little dwarves in Snow White, for example. All of them are tablets, but they are also injectables and nasal sprays. They have medical contraindications. Not everyone can use them. They might also have side effects. And so definitely discuss this with your healthcare providers. But they are the cornerstone of acute migraine treatment. Just a few words on opioids. So opioids are uh, what we used to call narcotics. They include morphine, uh, hydromorphone or dilaudid, peridine or demerol, codeine, of course, and all the family of the uh, combined analgesics like T2s, T3s, MTEC, that kind of thing. And as a rule, I'll make this really, really easy. As a rule, they should never be used to treat migraine as a first line option. And they should probably never be prescribed by a general practitioner. They should be discussed with a headache specialist or at least a neurologist. And why? Because they have links with addiction, uh, worsening of migraines and side effects. This is just a little rule of thumb and we'll say a bit more about opioids in the advanced option podcast. 
So now we have presented our classes and we will discuss how to use them. So it's all very nice to know about what medications you can use, but one of the things I see in my practice is that a lot of people have been prescribed the right things, um, but they have received absolutely no indications on how to use them. And that's why they do not get the relief that they could get. So I want to talk about a few basic tips to make the best use of your medications. And these include to be ready to try different options, ideally to use a headache diary to record your successes uh, or failures, to treat early, which is a basic principle and we'll discuss that in more detail, and also to consider combinations uh, of different medications. When you try medications for migraine or any treatment really, the golden rule, and you'll hear this over and over again in our website, at podcasts, and anything related to Migraine Canada, is that no one size fits all. Everybody is different. Migraine is a problem of the brain. Brains are very, very complex organs and no two people are completely alike. And that's very important, especially when you go online and on, on forums or discussion and you hear stories of one person, remember it might not apply to you. And it's also a good time for me to recall that whatever you hear in these podcasts, it does not replace medical advice and you should always discuss with your healthcare provider because it might not apply to your personal particular medical situation. Be ready to try a few different things because you might not find the right option right away. People can be different. And in my practice, I can, I can really say this over 10 years, some people, I give always two triptans to compare and they, they will come back to me and some of them love almotriptan and hate risatriptan and others love risatriptan and hate almotriptan. This is just the way things are. And this applies to triptans, to NSAIDs, but also to everything in migraine. There are variabilities. So be ready to try a few things. As you try, a good thing to do is probably to use a headache diary. We do recommend the Canadian Migraine Tracker. It can be any diary you want to use to record, you know, what you took, when you took it, did it work? Did you have side effects? So you can really look and discuss with your healthcare provider to see what option or what strategy was the best for you. So that's really, really helpful. It also helps you to monitor the uh, frequency of use. And when we talk about overuse, that's going to be very handy. Let's talk now about the treat early principle. What is the treat early principle? Well, obviously it's about treating early. We know that the migraine attack is a bit like a storm or a fire and it does spread. And as the centers in the brain light up and the nerves become sensitized. So sensitized means that they are more sensitive and they trigger more easily. It becomes more and more difficult to control the migraine attack. So treating at the beginning of the attack is usually a good strategy. It does increase your chances of success by up to 40%. Definitely worth it. Um, so it's, it's easy to say, but there are very good reasons why people delay their treatments. And let's, let's talk about a few of these. So you have to be aware of the way that your attack starts. Because a lot of my patients tell me, yeah, I know I have to treat early, but I'm not sure this is a migraine and I, I don't want to take a pill for nothing. 
So this is all about observation of your attack and the headache diary can help as well. Um, I'll say this, most people know that they have a migraine, but there's a bit of the wishful thinking saying, no, 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 it's going to go away and so on. So just become aware of this. And if you know it's the migraine starting, treat it right away. Have your medications with you. Uh, something that happens with migraine, it tends to occur when your routine is broken. A perfect example is traveling or doing something outside of your habits. And migraines tend to happen then. So the solution for that is really have a migraine kit. You know, have your stuff in a little pocket, a little purse uh, that you carry with you. And you know you're prepared to fight back when you have an attack. Tylenol. So skip the Tylenol step if it doesn't help. Some people, I told, I said about Tylenol earlier, very rarely it's that helpful. So if you are using Tylenol, well, just have a look maybe with the diary. And if it's working 75% of the time for you, that's fine. But if you realize that most of the time you have to back it up and then you take your other treatment too late, then just skip that step. It's not helping you. And then the last message is, you know, if you're not satisfied, if you're not there yet, try other options and discuss with your healthcare providers because there are different options for you. Um, and if you if you're not successful, uh, consider listening to our other podcast about the advanced options. We discussed about our options and with the importance of the treat early principle and try different things. Um, but sometimes another thing that is important to know is that you can combine two classes of medications to optimize your results. And when I talked about the migraine attack at the very beginning, I told you that there was inflammation and there were also serotonin shifts uh, and other mechanisms and brain centers activated. So it makes a lot of sense to combine an anti-inflammatory and a tryptan to treat a migraine attack. This is actually part of the recommendations of the Canadian guidelines for acute treatment of migraine. And of course, we don't start with combinations. If we can actually find something that works by itself, just one pill, that's great. But sometimes one class is not enough to control an attack. And that's where the combination principle can be applied. Combination is easy. It's really like, you know, pasta and sauce. So you say, okay, which is my best NSAID uh, or anti-inflammatory, which is my best tryptan? And maybe I get, you know, 40% of response with each of them. What if I took them together? So this is proven to be more effective, especially for bad attacks. Always discuss this with your healthcare provider, of course. Um, but is this something that can work? There's an interesting product called Suvex uh, that just came up in Canada, and it's the perfect example of that. Suvex is a combination of sumatriptan and naproxen in forms that are rapidly absorbed. And it just makes it more convenient if you actually need to treat with both classes, but you want to take only one pill. But combination can be achieved with virtually any NSAID or any tryptan. For some of you, sometimes adding a bit of Tylenol can help. Um, so it's, it's an important principle to apply. I wanted to say a few words before we close about medication overuse, because 
One reason why people are reluctant to use medications is because they are concerned about overuse. And that's absolutely legitimate because healthcare providers will talk to you about overuse over and over again. We'll have a podcast about overuse. Don't fear. So what are the rules? So I'll give you one simple trick, one simple rule. If you need to treat two days per week or less, so that would be eight days per month, you're in what I call the safe zone, which means that you have a lot of days that are migraine-free and where your brain can recover and just function normally and you are less at risk for medication overuse. If you are in the frequency of 8, 10, 12 or more days per month where you need to treat, well, that means that you know your frequency is high, you probably need a preventive and your brain is very active on the migraine side and you probably are at risk for overuse, so you should probably watch it. And if you are taking acute meds on more than 10 to 15 days per month, this is where you are in the overuse criteria. And if you use acute medications more than 15 days or even 20 days per month on a regular basis, well, it means that you have severe, you have chronic migraine and you should probably get uh, your treatment improved as much as possible. So point is below two days per week, you can treat early, uh, no need to limitation, use the headache diary. If you are, you know, over eight in the at-risk zone, watch it, you know, try to see, do I need to treat now or not? And if you are over 10 to 15 days per month, then you may have chronic migraine and you may actually need to get more prevention, you know, to help you with migraine. In conclusion, I really hope that this podcast was interesting and helpful. I wish that you find relief. If you are still struggling, well then listen to our podcast on advanced options. Until our next podcast, Migraine Canada is a not-for-profit organization. We improve the lives of Canadians affected by migraine and other headache disorders through awareness, support, education, advocacy, and research. This podcast does not replace a medical advice. Always consult your treating healthcare provider to make any medical decision. If you enjoyed the content of this podcast, listen to the 11 others from our 2021 series, available on your favorite platform. Remember that you'll find plenty of additional information on MigraineCanada.org. Is there a topic you'd like to hear about in the future? If you have suggestions or feel like sharing your thoughts, please email us at info at MigraineCanada.org and don't forget to check our website. We'd love to hear from you.